<laughs> and we're back. We were off for a couple weeks. We had some adult stuff going on. NCAA championships for wrestling. Just See? kid stuff. Um, but we're back. Uh, we're going to make sure this episode is even more fun. We bought, brought in a third person. So now we're having a three-way of dads. Give or take. I don't know. I'm not giving. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take. Okay. So I'm here, Alex, and you got Jared. And Jared, I'll let you do the introduction for our, our guest for this week. All right. All right, everyone. Our guest tonight is uh, one of my oldest friends, best friend I've ever had, Michael. Cheers. Uh, have we decided yet if we're going to be calling him... Mortician Mike or Mike the Mortician? I think that's a choice he makes because I almost feel that when we start getting episodes in, that hopefully we'll get some people like, bring that that Mortician guy on. And I want to be able to say either Mike the Mortician or Mortician Mike. You know what, though? Maybe have everybody that's listening to the show, though, comment. Okay, we can do that. Want. How they want to hear them? Well, as, of right, as of right now, the only person who's going to comment is probably going to be you. Uh, so, <laughs> so he'll win. So, and who gives so, a fuck? Winner! So in the end, you do get the juice. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to put my vote as Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper? I mean, we can go We can go to the extreme on it. And say Grim. Yeah. <laughs> El Diablo. El Diablo. Spanish um, fighting chicken. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um... Well, let's start off with the hot topic that we... Well, first we, we're going to start with our, our cheers. Well, we already got that. Well, I, I want a good clink on the okay, microphone. Okay, Get a little um, drink in. Oh, I got a show. And clink. Right. <laughs> Aluminum glass does work. Um, the first topic we said that every time we have a, a new guest on, we have to talk about gray sweatpants. Yep. And I, to remind myself... Or the thinnest gray sweatpants I have. My wife told me to wear the blue ones I have that are like Under Armour shirt material. No, but those are still appropriate because they're colored and they take they don't bring the focus. But when you have the white, <laughs> the white, the grays, the package enhancers. Thank you. No, not yours. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> I know. But I, I made sure to wear boxer briefs because I wanted to make sure that there's children here. I didn't need to go oh, full out. So so what you're telling me is that you, in your head, already knew that they were inappropriate to wear somewhere where there were children. With nothing underneath. So I just won the that argument. That was more constricting. I've already won the argument. More constricting. No, I don't see it that way. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get the Grim Reaper's thoughts on gray sweatpants. Appropriate. Not appropriate. And if they are, if there's a gray area, if you will, um... <laughs> When, where is it okay to wear them? And Fair I'll enough. let you take it take it away. Let us we'll we'll jump in when we hear something. But. Gray baggy, yes. Gray slim, no. What about the thickness of the material? Thickness of the material has to be super thick. Because even wearing black, like if, if I go free balling, everybody can tell what's exposed. And but I mean most of the time I'm always wearing black. Ironic, I know. But with that being said, 100%. you can still see when I'm wearing boxers, when I'm not. Men's briefs, whatever the hell you want to call them. So going back to the gray, and after listening to the first couple episodes, <laughs> it's like the second you walk in, Alex, I'm drawn Thank you know, you. right to the package. I'm like, yep, no, there's something to it. Pocket's right. 
Thank you. Not so trying to be biased. That's two to one. Okay. Well, uh, well, it's always appropriate nature. <laughs> okay. But you make them look good. So let's say, I mean, you're a fit man. You're rocking what you got. Why not? Rock out with the contact. <laughs> but I did try to keep it tethered in with the yeah. boxer briefs. So when that time... If I knew it was just you guys here, I would have just went... <laughs> Full so, all right, so You could have seen the circumcision scar. If yeah. I... <laughs> we just lost seven listeners. All right. What are we at, 23 now? Yeah, so now we've done to nothing again. All right, so when you told the story of how you had headphones in and you're just rocking out grocery shopping yeah. in, your, in your sweats that time... Did you have briefs on? Were they contained or was they were contained? Right. I always wear I always wear boxer briefs. I just I don't I I'm not a commando guy. I never have no, been. I think for a science experiment, we should both wear whitey tighties for a week and see how that. I haven't worn whitey tighties since I was probably like in elementary middle. school. Yeah, yeah, but no, we should do a science experiment and see how it changes our lives. Because I bet we I'm, raise I'm, a couple octaves. <laughs> In our tone of voice. I'm willing to give this a shot. Uh, for science. Of course. Everything is for science yeah. when we're doing experiments. Do I'll get my lab coat on. Do women view you the way that we view women wearing leggings and things like that? And how I, I certainly hope I give off that vibe. So I, I wonder if they have the same perception with you wearing those. So, you know, but as well as all right. So that's so a great do topic. they prefer us to wear the tighter? So, and on that though, like the 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 premise of this question it was uh, wearing gray sweatpants to a high school sporting event, and I would say the same thing for a female wearing tight ass fucking jeggings or whatever is inappropriate at that venue. I want to point out the With venue. Be, around yes, I want like to point out the one, the event I went to. I wore like the thickest gray sweatpants I have. They're like uh, that. Don't mean anything. Well, he brought up the the, the thickness. Yeah, but it's, super it's, thick. there's thickness, baggy, not the, slim or tight. Yeah, they were baggy. They were the baggy. Those ones. bitches were almost capris on you. All right, <laughs> you got them from the fucking kids section. I will bring those in, and we will do picture comparisons, and I will put it on our Facebook. Me and this, and me and the other one, and if I'm telling you, completely different. Yeah, one is capri and one isn't. <laughs> no, they're both. They're both. <laughs> They're both they're both joggers, so they have the the cuffs are on the ankle. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. No, see, I can't get around the cuff around the ankle. No, I used to cut them. I used to whenever I get paired, I cut it. No, all of mine. No, they're free ankle. Yep. It's got. I don't That's like. Me. But I don't like. I fucking hate socks too tight on my ankles. Likewise. So I, I'm a Converse wearing man, as you guys know, always wearing the low cut Converse, and it's like if I'm wearing something that is constricting my ankle, I feel weird because that little bit of skin is exposed and here yep. we are in Michigan, sometimes deep freeze, shit freezes and it sucks and I don't think it looks right yep. you know, as opposed to the other aspect of it, to where it actually covers the shoe, like jeans and everything else does, so it looks cool as hell So as a dad, are you are you rocking those like shorts with the high like crew uh, socks? (laughs) No, because I see my idiot kids. Yeah, I've seen those like at the gym. They're coming back. Like I will see dudes at the gym wearing shorts and yeah, crew socks. So like I wear those when I wear pants. Like in the winter right now, I'll wear crew socks to work. Like Gino from Deftones. Yeah, yeah. No, so so crew socks to you are normal socks to me. My shoe size is way bigger than yours, buddy. Twelve. I'm a fifteen. 
Good luck in Emily. You're welcome. <laughs> so hey. I, I, I'm talking, so every no, day no, you wear but, a cruise. No, so what's funny is like, my kids love that stupid ass style. They wear fucking it. shorts and then socks up to their knees. Except they don't own any, so they just wear all of my socks and they go to all their knees. Yeah, see, I hate that it's look. It's fucking annoying. I hate it. I, I will, if I'm down to like no socks in my drawer that are ankle socks or whatever, so, I'm not wearing shorts that day because I'm not going to wear shorts with... So fun fact, since I don't actually have to leave my house to go to work anymore, I don't fucking wear socks. Yeah. I hate socks. So now I rock the fucking dudes... Product placement. They look good on you too, by the way. I rock the dudes with no <clears throat> fucking socks. But see, with Converse it's no socks all year, so like, oh, that, no. That, fl- that yeah. foot fart. <laughs> so yeah, no, wear no, socks no. When well, I wear my well that, and I mean, if you have like legit Chuck Taylors, then you're going to get like fucking carpet burn on the side of your foot all the time. So just saying. <laughs> but other than that, man, barefoot all yeah. the way, dude. Um, all right. So let's get on to another. Let's go on to a parenting topic. Okay. No, no. Do you want to do that or do you want to move on to our next question first? No, let's do a parenting topic because this is one of the reasons we did not record two weeks ago is because of the wrestling championships. Yep. We both mentioned this tweet. Like we both brought it up and both knew right away when to talk about it. So I don't know if you got to see any of it, but it was in the news. It was such a big deal, right? So this kid. I'm not gonna say where he's from or whatever, anything like that, because he is t- just a kid to me still. Yeah, he is. He's a- um, so he was an NCAA champion his freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, right? Going for his senior year, he gets upset in the semis and gets pinned, right? And and I mean, there's like a minute left. He was winning in the match, just got turned, got pinned. Some, yep, no, it happens. Um, and it happens. It happens to the best <clears throat> of us. Um, but the part that. As a dad and and a coach. There's two parts to this. A, so his parent in the stands. Mom. Destroys her fucking glasses in a fit of rage. (laughs) A. Okay. Part B. Part B, which is I have the biggest problem with. He medically forfeited the rest of the tournament. He gave up. Because he he didn't be first, he didn't finish. He he didn't show up the next day for weigh-ins, so he... Medically forfeited that match, and then that put him into the fifth and sixth so place. He was still going and he for medically third forfeited. Place. Yeah, he could have went for third, and he medically forfeited out. Which the school he goes to is a prestigious school for wrestling, right? This so, is last year. He's done anyway. And I'm just for me, it's like a the coach let it happen because the school actually put out a statement that well, they day. had to. They had to yeah. put a fucking fire out. Yeah. Um, and I just as a coach, as a dad, like that's for me. No. I don't know how I could allow my pupil uh, kid to just say, I didn't get first, I'm done. So I'm going to step in here before our guest. Uh, you have been a coach of my kid. Mm-hmm. And I've you seen have it. been a coach of my kid as he's lost a match. And he still goes and finishes the rest of the fucking day. There is no, I'm done for the day, I quit. Yeah. Um, I've never even seen him asked to do that yet. But I hope there's not a yet. I hope it's just you know what I mean. Like, well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I haven't ran into this situation, so I haven't had to ask him yet because I've parented him well enough to know that a loss isn't the end of the fucking world. Yeah, even if you're well, trying to be a four-time champion, like there's, it's still no. you're still the top of your right. sport. But if you're only doing it to just get that fucking first place and that medal, then you're already doing it wrong anyway. You should be doing that sport because you love it. Yeah. And you should know, as a wrestler, 
you can lose at any fucking time. You can lose to the best kid. You can lose to the worst kid. All it takes is one mistake. Yeah. That's it. You get sloppy once. But the fact that nobody did anything and let this kid fucking not finish is astounding to me. Yeah. It actually makes that school, in my eyes, look less of a fucking school. Yeah. Like, I would choose another school for my son to go to other than that if they offered him because of this. Yeah, I mean, it was it's it's a school that I know even when I was in high school, they were known for wrestling. They've always been known for wrestling. 100%. Their coach is known for his hard-nosed style. So for me, just hearing that, like the fact that the coach, being as tough-nosed as he is and hard-nosed as he is, let this kid, because he walked off the, off the mat when it was done. It wasn't like he was limping off in pain. Now, they did come out and say, like, I think on Tuesday, I, I saw online that they mentioned, oh, you know, he, he, had, he wrestled, like, his sophomore year, he won the national championship with two torn ACLs. So I'm like, okay. So he loses contact in this one? So I was thinking, like, okay, so you're going to use that as an example of how tough he is, right? But he couldn't finish But this. he couldn't finish this one. But did he have two torn ACLs? No, no, no. no. He had an injured pride. Yeah, it exactly. It has nothing to do with injury. If you can win a championship with two torn ACLs, you could have easily finished out the tournament and got third with whatever ailment you had. 100%. If, it, if it's not ego. No, no. No, I get it. And that's where, that's my opinion is that was absolute failure on everyone around that kid. Everyone. I'm interested to see what, the next step for him is because I know he's Olympics. Well, I know, I know he wants the Olympics. I'm, I feel it's not a huge, obviously wrestling isn't as popular as a sport as others, but I feel like that's going to, uh, I, I think it's going to follow him for a little bit where it's going to come up like that would make me question my choice. Yeah. So what is your opinion on that? Can I give a shout out? I'm not trying to digress, but so Katie, Love you to death. You know, I, I remember seeing a post on Facebook that she put after one of her sons ended up winning a, a wrestling tournament and saying it, it's just not a parent, but it also takes a village for mm-hmm. the, the child. And with what I've seen, not only with the parent, but with the coach not stepping up and everybody else, as you guys were talking about, it's like everybody failed that one individual. Yeah. Because yeah. one person could have stepped up and said, no, bro, like, we got to keep going. Like, th- this is the point of what we're doing. This is the point that we came to because even if you can't get to the top right now, we're still going to keep climbing. You know, and you're, yeah. Oh, yeah. sometimes you're going to hit rock bottom. That's where we want people to fall. Um, and no one's stepping up. I, I mean, it, they did a disservice to him completely. Hundred percent. You do and, your best learning at rock bottom. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's where you learn to pick yourself up, keep trying, and keep even trying harder. Uh, and not having that, he's never going to go anywhere. So, what is that going to do to him in the long run with his occupation, with his mental status? I mean, there's going to be a lot of repercussion that comes from this because of that one mistake. I think it's it's just. It's just weird because wrestling is supposed to be the sport that makes you the toughest SOB out there, right? It's I mean, mentally, the, physically, like, and the yeah. fact that okay, he goes out there, he gets beat, and he just calls it a day. Like you could have wrestled and got third, which third in the nation, <laughs> not a bad right? spot to be in, right? Uh, yes, and it's and I mean, I I hope that in twenty thirty years this kid's not looking back. Oh, he of, will be, and, and I'm thinking about does. that. I actually hope he does. Well, I think if, I if he does, he it's going to suck. Back, like fuck, I should have finished. 
Um, I think the hype and the the status that he has gained the years before went to his fucking head, and everyone else is around him. Yeah, I mean, um, he became bigger than the sport when you can't be bigger than the sport. When I was in high school and I went to states, I don't remember the kid's name, but he was like supposed to be first place, like whatever it was. But I remember we got our medals. He got second. He he went up there. He looked happy as could be. He got his all state patch that they give you in the state of Michigan. He gives you a medal. he as soon as he stepped off the podium, threw it right in the trash. And I was just like, how how can you? You just got second in the state, man. That's what I was thinking. Like, I'll, I'll trade you. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I so I saw it 15, 20 years ago in high school, and I thought, okay, I, thinking about it now after seeing this, I'm like, the fact that he did it in high school is one thing, I guess. But to see a three-time NCAA champion just say, screw nah, this, I'm done. I'm, done. I'm not, third's not, I'm not, I'm too good for third. That, yeah, that's it, what it said. Yeah, I'm too good to be with it's the rest of y'all. Either you're first or you're last. <laughs> There's no in-between. So Ricky Bobby showed up. Yeah, Ricky Bobby showed up to the NCAA tournament. Thank you for saying that because that's all yeah. I was thinking of the yeah. entire time you got You saying. ain't first, you're <laughs> last. <laughs> yeah, so I just thought it was, it was just interesting that, you know, we took time off from recording because that's a three-day event in case you guys don't know. And it was such a huge parenting topic, it, like right there yes. in front of us. It was it's, like it was a huge. Even my my son, who is a high school wrestler, who watched all the tournament, was taken back by the fact that he didn't finish. Yeah, that he bitched out. That's gonna hurt his legacy, whatever it might be. Yeah, you know, because I know there's only a handful of four-time NCAA champions, and yeah, he missed out on that. But there's also only a handful of three-time NCAA champions. Right, but in this year's tournament, was there not three? Yeah, there's three that we're all going for, and none of them. Yeah, none of them got it. Yeah. So I mean, a that proves that anyone can be beaten. Yeah. Um, which is. Awesome, because that shows kids that I tell them every time when I'm around them after they lose and you're kind of giving them confidence again, talk to them and be like, anyone can be beat. Stop looking at their fucking rank. Well, that's why I texted Jackson. So I, don't, I remember I was asking you how he was doing at districts because I wasn't there. And you and I saw, because I saw on the, on the track wrestling that he was coming up and he was going, I remember texting him like, don't worry about that, you know, number one next to that kid's name. Like, go out there. Anybody can be beat. And just... If you do your best, all you got to do is just go. He did. That one... Because I remember sending that text to him. Yeah. That one, the kid was better. (laughs) Just straight up. Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. You're always... If you didn't, then why the fuck are you doing this if there's no one better than you? There's. I don't care what you're doing in your life. There's always someone better. Period. And you need it. You... Iron Iron sharpens iron. Yes. You can't get better unless you go against better. If you went against first years every year, you would look like king shit. You're still a polished turd. I mean, there's th- nobody. That's there's why my wife me. married me. She, I'm the iron that sharpens hers. Like, I'm the better spouse. Holy <laughs> shit. So oh. she's always trying to get... She doesn't listen. So it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm she, the opposite. She's going to listen to this one. And, of course... Like, I'm definitely... Uh, better in a lot of aspects than mine, but she still is. That's the grinding stone. I get sharpened on that. 
I would say that too, but she, I was I thought I'd throw that out there. No, she keeps me in check or else I'd be a Amen. I'd be a hundred percent asshole. But if I could have ninety five. Oh okay. <laughs> You're being kind. I'm saying. getting older. I want to dial into something just really quick, too, yeah. which uh, is we're talking about the parent and the wrestling world and just about any sport. And even as losing as a team and very many individuals, but humiliation was a word that came to my mind while you guys were talking because he, at any point in time, he would never feel humiliated by anyone in the division as we're all winners, as we're all more so losers than we are winners because there are definitely a lot more losers than there are winners. But his mom has now humiliated him. So now, how is this she's, also going? Yeah. She's more infamous than him. Oh, absolutely! I love the memes. The, <laughs> the, the memes social media have been great. Absolutely, and it's like now, not only did you just embarrass the shit out of yourself, but now you humiliated your family, your son, your team, and now an entire school had to come out and try to pee the shit out of this. Exactly, and yeah. it's like just that one move by a parent. And that's all it was. It was one parent and being uh, overreacting. You know, it's like it, there, there's a whole ripple effect that comes from what a parent does. Uh, definitely something I, I think you should always keep in mind, too. So in the last episode, this ties right in. So I brought up, I will yeah. never force my kids to do a sport. No, God, no. But if you sign up and you start, You finish that year. I don't care if you don't do it again. Yeah. But you finish that year. You made a commitment to that team, to that coach, to that school. You are holding up your end of the bargain. I don't care if you don't you don't like it. You're gonna still put effort in. You're gonna try. You can still always learn something. Absolutely. And you got the team. You got your being social around other people, gaining life experiences. And ironically, most of the time, more times than not, actually, the kid will miss that sport during the downtime and want to play again. But I I think everybody goes through that, no matter what occupation you have, no matter what you do, you always hit that hump where you're like, is this right for me? Do I feel like doing this? But, you know, what you were talking about before, Rocky, you were completely right. And everybody I call Jared Rocket always have. So uh, (laughs) sorry about just throwing uh, names out there but anyway we can tell that story here in a little bit um but you know it's persistence yes you know and that's just what it is but yet you're giving them the freedom to be able to make their own decisions which helps build a lot of self-esteem which helps build their character you know there's a lot that comes from it but eventually they will learn in time as the saying goes you don't know what you have till you it's gone and you miss it you know, and if they miss it enough, they'll always come back to it. If they don't, then they don't. Cool. I think I'm more proud of them for knowing that than trying it again because every fucking body else is doing it. Yeah. And we, yeah. we agreed on it when we talked about it. I don't want to force my kid to do sports ever. I will strongly encourage only because I, I have these friends, and we have groups of friends, I'm sure you guys do too, that – look back on their high school days or whatever and they think, oh, I wish I would have done this. I, ha- I Everybody has that one friend that you're just like, you should have just fucking done it. You, oh, no, 100%. It, it, yeah, everybody has that, that 35-year-old friend that are like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure if I would have pushed myself, I could have 
done this better. You, like, yeah, so just do it. We all, I guarantee yeah. everyone sitting at this table, hindsight, if I would have done X or Y back in high yeah. school, my life would be exponentially fucking better. So I just want to make sure that my kid doesn't have, is, is minimize, minimize that as much as I can. Like, don't not do something that you're kind of waffling on. No. If you don't want to put the work in, you know what I mean? No, no, 100%. I agree. Um, I think the only thing different between your kid being young right yeah, now exactly. and our kids are older, at that age, this is the age where you, I would sign him up for different sports. Oh, yeah, we're, signing him, up, we're signing up for uh, the Trojan Tykes uh, soccer. Oh. It's two and three-year-olds. Yeah. He turns three next month. No, no, that's what I say. Like, at that age, like... The biggest thing they're going to get out of, I don't give a fuck about the sport. Yeah. It's the being around other kids and seeing the team format, seeing a function, like yeah. what it is to work together. Like, you got to have that. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, we're you excited to do that. To I mean, because he loves, we take him uh, to Brighton down the road and we take him to the Timbertown thing. And okay. you know, he interacts with kids there and just loves yeah. it because that's his really only chance because, you know. That uh, you need to wear these little fuckers out. Oh yeah, the you know we'll they take need him to there. Be in bed, goddammit. it! I need a he, time at night too. He he loves it. So yeah, I mean I think it starts not next week but the following week. So it's like Tuesday nights at six o'clock or something like that for an hour. Sweet. But that's so. a huge difference between going to a playground and putting a kid on a team sport. They're gonna get yeah. pissed off when they don't get the ball. Oh yeah, great teaching moment. <laughs> but so so that that is where. We fail in society that coaches because no one wants, like, every school is underfunded, blah, blah, blah. So it's all volunteers. Yet the criteria for volunteers kind of fucking slim because there's not a whole lot of people volunteering. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then you also have parents who, oh, I don't like how you didn't play my kid as much as Billy Bob over there, so I'm going to complain about you. And, like, 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 tell us how much of an all-star your kid is kind of thing? Yeah, like, I... I Online. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, emails and shit like that, not to your face. Like, I used to coach in this town for football and wrestling, and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um, but I was also... You earned your spot. I'm not giving you shit. Uh, you don't come to practice? Well, then you're going to play the minimum I have to allow you to play. The six plays or whatever it was a game. You come and you put in all the effort and you try and you learn, yeah, I'm going to play you. I'm going to start you. But the parents who didn't bring their kids to practice because oh, he was a little tired today. Oh, he didn't want to run. Well, then don't ask me to play your kid. If he's not going to put in the work with the rest of the kids, then I'm not going to yeah. reward him. That's just teaching a bad example. Or the parents that bring the kid and just drop them off and Oh no, we're babysitters? Yeah. Yeah. Will we become babysitters? Yeah, yeah that, that also sucked. So but let's uh because he started calling you Rocky, so I feel like Rocket. We, Rocket. Rocket. Okay. Rock, I thought maybe it was because of all the fighting. No. No, 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 no. Rocket is because well I I, I think we should go ahead and just Sidebar and sidebar hear, real quick. All right. Hear about so, the relationship, how it started, and at least one or two of those stories. Oh fuck! The, the way it started is probably the best story of it all, hands down. Oh, so the, this is when we <laughs> met. 
Yeah. You're going to go yeah. with that one? Oh, God, it has to be. All right. It has I to almost, be because, you know. It, I feel like one of you should say it, and the other one's out of the room, and then we'll bring in the other person and <laughs> just see how closely it matches. No, no so, way, this, dude, this, I, mean, I, I remember this vividly. It, yeah, it, it, it involved fucking drugs. We're great. Yeah, it, it really did. So. <laughs> it was great. If, if we're going to go into the story, I'm just going to dive right in. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, no. Uh, living where we were, am I allowed to say where the hell we were? Yeah, but I don't here? give a shit. Right, so, but, anyway, growing up in South Lyon, and uh, I was walked into a McDonald's and it was the time in my life where I just knew everybody in town and the young lady that was working behind the desk asked me if I wanted to go to a rave I've never been to a rave I was open to do just about anything why the hell not so uh, on our way there they had pills they had ecstasy and never tried it before I'm like hell yeah let's do it I'm with a car full of girls and the guy driver so we went to, I believe it was Four Bears Water Park, correct? Yeah. Uh, he legally went to Four Bears Water Park. <laughs> Does he even still exist? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not a sanctioned one. No, no, no it wasn't no, open. No, no, no. It was, yeah. it was, the business was closed down, but uh, we partied inside. Yeah. So as soon as we get there, I, I come inside and there's lights everywhere and there's smoke and I mean just people and the you fog just machines, feel the fucking humidity. shit rocking. Yeah, the humidity was the biggest thing that so, stood out so, to me at that time. Okay, middle of winter, like this is February. There is like eight to twelve inches of snow outside. We had that week, so. Just to premise this because oh, yeah. that comes it later. It does lead to another part of the yes. story. So but. here I am, and as soon as I get into that humidity, all of a sudden the roll just hits. You know, and it's like just everything in this world is right. <laughs> I mean, I could watch my mom get freaking gang beat, and I'm like, that's the coolest thing in the world, man. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm coming through here, and the girls that I'm with, one of them comes back, and they're like, our ride left. The guy that drove us took off. So now I'm in the middle of Royal Oak, didn't know Dick from Jane because I just met these girls, and I'm now on a drug I've never been on. So and he's abandoned there. Abandoned. But it wasn't to the point where I was freaking out, but it was like, all right, well, it is what it is. This sucks. However, one of the girls that I was with knew someone else. And introduced me to the guy that she knew, and eventually, Rocket. So he's standing there. He's Eddie. wearing this. Oh, okay, Eddie. I didn't know if we were about to name drop. Yeah, so Ed, we're not doing man. last names. I he was our, dude, Ed, Ed was great, man. He, thank God, he was there because he was my segue into meeting Rocket. So she you knew, knew Eddie though from school. I did, still. I did like, from you, school you, because you Kim, knew him, but my you girlfriend didn't know at him. the time, yeah. Kim. Right, Kim and Eddie were friends. I knew that much. He was just someone that I knew that could potentially save me and give me a ride home, <laughs> give me that little bit more comfortability. So anyway, and there's Rocket. So he's standing there, and he's wearing this shirt. He's got, like, his little spikes up at the front because it takes me back to a band, Cold Chamber, that I used to listen to. That's the only reference I remember. But being on a drug for my first time, it drew me right away. And he knew, so he asked if I was on the roll for the first time, told him everything that happened. He's like, I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> And glow sticks, massages, like everything else that happened that night with everybody. And I, I'm just trying to tell the story as quick as possible. The night couldn't have went any better. Best experience I've ever had at a race. So on our way home, going back to the story with the snow, 
so we're all packing inside this minivan. And it's the people that I was with. It was Rocket, it was Ed, and whoever else was there. I couldn't even remember. But where I was sitting... Oh, we had was, a crew. Like, there was, like, 14 of us in oh, this... Yeah. And in this minivan. Like, <clears throat> people were sitting on the arm it was a clown on sound on the door. Like, we packed his crew in with ours. We and came with the crew. My seat was where the sliding door comes in. So we pull on. We're starting to drive down the road. And... It, I still can't believe this happens. Always question whether it was drugs. No, it was but real. Everybody saw it. Thank you, God. Confirmed what the hell I saw. But this guy jumps into a plow truck, and there's a six foot snowbank. This guy floors the truck out of another bar or whatever the hell the establishment was, jumps the snowbank. Like literally, Dukes of Hazard style. Woodward. He jumps out of this fucking parking lot. <laughs> in front of us and fucking tears ass and out of the way. And guess where he is coming the second he lands before he's able to catch his wheels. So then we go back and was that the same fear of loathing night too that you yes. introduced me? So not only that, so yes, we get back to the apartment, Jason Stevens' apartment, or Jason's apartment rather, and okay. I'll do, you know what though, but I mean, it, it was still just a great experience for me because I'm with people that I knew of and now here I am, 18 years old, 17, 18, whatever, and I'm in a whole different crew. I'm out of my element. I'm not with the people that I'm normally with, and I'm rolling balls. <laughs> so here we go. I mean, we're, we're doing, I think it was Euchre that night and everything oh, yeah. else that was being played, and now Rock is like, dude, I'm going to hook you up even more and put in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Phenomenal. And I Good will movie. never forget yes. my night, that entire night, and even going into the next morning because as the day broke and I kind of started coming out of it, you know, the Jared, the entire time, made sure my first time rolling that I was never going to, one, be scared. Two, that I, I had nothing to worry about. Everything was going to be fine, and you're oh. going to get the, all the best feels and tracers and everything else. And I mean, from that day forward, it was just like a perfect marriage between him and I. I swear to God, man. Nope, it was another brother. It really was. It really was. So, on a dad note, do you guys, when you talk about your, because obviously I haven't had to have these conversations, when you talk about your past with your children, do you do any editing or do nope. you just say, no, nope. no? You just say, this Very is what blunt. it is? 100% no. honesty. Very blunt. But I also let them know <clears throat> what was available in my time because I do believe you you need experiences yeah um, not to the extreme the fucking shoot needles in your arm and shit like that that's kind no. of where I was drew the no, line no, no. I, don't, I don't do that no 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 no, no. no. Have not once. no don't no. fucking smoke crack there was a threshold that's, that never that's for poor people no so but I mean so are washcloths <laughs> That's a whole other topic for another day. We already talked about this. But anyways, no, when I tell them, like, what I had was, they were a lot different. Like, you can't trust a drug, but I could fucking trust those a lot more than I could trust this this synthesized bullshit that they're doing now and calling. Because, like, you know, my wife was a very clean-cut girl oh my wife all american girl and my so wife? so already she's like my, she's already kind of my wife also gauging yeah, like like, like alcohol we're not going to do that with her cuz you know i made her eat edibles for the first time like 10 years ago or whatever with his family <laughs> we'll tell that's that's another great story for yeah, another i can't episode. wait to hear that one that's another um, episode but but yeah so like i guess you know i grew up in a small town as well 
where like at my high school graduation, my parents bought a keg. Like, oh yeah, for the kid. And my my wife's like, oh, we're not oh, doing that. 100%. I'm like, why wouldn't I? So I just. I mean, I remember joking though when my grandma was there and she saw me getting a beer yeah. and she looked at me and I sipped it in front of her and just went, oh, so this is beer. And she just looked at me and she goes, bullshit. <laughs> See, like, okay, first off, yes. Um, in our era, like, grad parties, you had like two or three kegs because you knew everyone that came, you had the family that were going to get plowed. Yeah. Um, but you also had the graduating class, your friends that were all coming and they were going to get plowed. And the understanding was they're all fucking stained. Yeah. And I think that's my, that's where me and my wife kind of differed because like not going to throw anybody under the bus and get anybody in trouble. Growing up a small town, there were parents that would allow their kids to have friends over. Right. Agree with it a hundred percent and be okay with, Hey, as long as you're staying here and I can witness what is happening, I am fine with what happens. My wife grew up in a, in a family and in a bigger city where she's like, no, that, there was no parties so, like that. So, so, so here, here's an easy way to answer that question. So she didn't do any of that nope. until college. She didn't even barely do it in college. Really? It's like she didn't have her first drink until... Because I got done hearing a story how she fucking yacked all over the that place. That was like five years ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, so right. her first drink is like she would come home like when she was 20 for the summer and was working at an automobile factory where her stepmother worked. Okay. Um, and she got, and she apparently had a stressful day, came home and her dad's like, you know what? You have a stressful day. I'm going to go ahead and you can have a, you can have a drink. And he made her like some cocktail, but that was her Shirley temple. But that was her first time. She was like 20 years old. (laughs) She was like 20 years old with just her dad at like four. But like me, I'm like, uh, no, like I, I have like when my kid gets to be 16, 17, if his friends want to come over, now I hope that I'm never. This is why I don't make to give my address. I don't need the cops coming to my house. No, for no, no, Fifteen no. years. No, no, no. But this, but like, I 100% agree, and yeah. I do the same thing. Um, I speak to the parents. I get their permission. Like, are you okay with this? We're having people over. They're gonna stay. No keys. No driving. You good with them having some beers? Yeah. Yes. Because I would rather them be honest and open and do it in an environment where they can learn, where they can see other people doing it appropriately, not fucking getting obliterated and running around with their dick out. And worried about getting caught so they're drunk driving. Yes, I want no drunk driving. I want no one injured. Because let's be honest, we're not stopping these kids from trying things. Oh. So why not open an open, give them an open environment where they can be safe? Try too. some things. Like, I have limits. I will try, let them try some things experience um, so that when they do get away and they're not in my house anymore or under supervision, they don't go fucking hog wild. Yeah. Like my daughter went to, is in college right now, first year. Yeah. She knows to, she makes her own drinks beforehand, takes them with her to the party, and that's what she drinks. Because today's age is yeah, a, lot a lot different. Of, there's a lot of fucked up people out there now compared to what we had. But she knows her limit. She also knows I don't drive. Yep. I either have a drive, I have an Uber, or I'm at a party where I can fucking walk home if I need to leave. Like, you'd be smart. But then yep. there's other people from this town that went with her to the same school, 
and they didn't experience any of this in high school. They didn't experience... When they got there, holy fuck, I've heard the stories from her of how they are completely off the deep end in the into the party. Failing school, things. pregnant. No, <laughs> no, not, no, just... I mean, that's the extreme. I, I no. saw those. I saw those when right, I was right. in college. But I mean, like, if you don't make it taboo and, like, it's bad, yeah. then they're not going to want to abuse it. And get out of their system, as we always hear. Yeah, yeah. like... Everything is okay in moderation for the most part. I can't say everything. Well, <laughs> God damn it, this is so like, I know like you know what I mean though. Like, yeah. say it how you want. No, it's okay. Yeah, but I mean, like in moderation, it's okay. Like, <clears throat> I don't. I have rules. Like, there is no alcohol Monday through Fridays. Monday through Thursday. <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, work minute, didn't I just no. Okay. It's if I have to work the next day. I don't, I don't, there's no alcohol. There's Sunday nothing. night through Thursday. Night. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, outside of goddamn Super Bowl, because they're <laughs> and leave that shit. Edit that I'm one not out. editing that out. Add <laughs> that one out. Edit that one out. Mark um, it. But, uh, no, like, that's the only, that's really the only day I have alcohol that's, I have to work the next day. Yeah. Um, but no, that that's always been my rule. Just because I don't want to feel like shit the next day, and I yeah. don't want to, I don't want my performance to be any less than that, what I can give. That happens very quickly. That turn of like when you're in your twenties, where you can drink and go oh, the next day, God. and it's just like all of a sudden one day you you're like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good, uh, and then it just hits you. So that right there <laughs> is the first four years of our fucking yeah, life together. Yeah, we can segue right into there if you'd like. So, after that point, when we met, uh, we became really good friends. And then uh, we had about a year apart. Like, his life went one way. Mine was going one. Like, notebook. Mine was because of girl, dude. I mean, I'm just going to put it blatantly. Like, I I just fell what I thought was deeply in love. I, I had a woman that I thought I could never get. Um, and I just got all mental. That's just all it was, period. And I was still partying. Yeah. Okay. Horde. Horde. Uh, Horde. Horde. No, and then, like, happenstance, once again, I was, like, at the grocery store, Farmer Jack and fucking Hulk Lion. I remember Farmer Jack. Yeah. Uh, I was there picking up a case of fucking beer for the night, and I ran into his little brother. And his little brother, like, you talked to Mike in a while? Like... I stopped by there like a month ago yelling at him through his bedroom window. He yeah. just told me he can't get out because he just painted or fumigated or something. Yeah, something. something was I going on in the rest of the house. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what he's got. He's like, well, I'm going over there right now. He just broke up with his girlfriend. So, and I'm like, fuck it. Let's roll <laughs> through the case of beer. I don't even remember. I didn't even tell the party I was going to that I ain't coming now. Took the fucking beer. I went over to see Mike. And then, like, a week and a half later, um, I moved in with him. Yeah. He needed a... His a girl was the other half of the rent with him. That was he, a duplex. Right? Yep, yep. Yep. And he needed uh, he needed some... Uh, he wanted some help, and we're also... We were still good friends. Yeah, absolutely. So how long do you guys end up living together? One... God, we so we went trail from there. The duplex. And then... And then Wimmer Lake Apartments. Wimmer Lake Apartments. And I think that was the last time we yeah we actually you like in the same house at the apartments. yeah yeah and then but we've also lived 
in the same neighborhood together. Oh God, for years, for kids fucking ten together. years, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all our kids knew. That's all we knew because Rocket and I. That's all we did was we worked together. Yeah, and he helped. The me. funny thing is, like we during this whole time we stayed at the same job together. So if I went somewhere. K and M, I got in. J and M, yeah. I brought him with me. Like we went, we always went. Like I brought him one place, and he brought me to the next. And then we went, and we worked together for fucking sixteen years. Yeah. So, in that that area, I guess we can ask because obviously we're calling him the Grim Reaper at this point. So, where did that segue happen? Where you guys? Oh no, he. Have you since, always since high school? This has been his dream. Actually, really? okay. since I was seven. Well, believe it or not, I knew you from high school. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. That's, you're right. But okay. anyone else that knew me, so I was seven. Uh, it was one of those classic book magazines. Mm-hmm. My mom. So my parents, they just didn't have money. All right, and just knowing that it was bill after bill, and those classic magazines that you would open, that you'd bring home from grade school, and it was the Pharaoh Tut that yeah. was on the cover, and something drew me to that. So my mom. Mom, unbelievably came up with the money, scrounged it up, got me the book, and it was the ancient Egyptian ancient Egyptian mummification, everything else that started following. So when I was eight, uh, right across the apartments that I was at, I had an uncle that passed away. And watched the whole scene unfold, watched where the paramedics took him out and the struggles that they had, but it was like his lifeless foot that really caught my attention. And the slipper that fell off it as he was on the stretcher going out. So, uh, about a week later, my dad, so my dad was not a people person by any means, still isn't, and uh, he, he wanted to go to the funeral and asked if I wanted to go, which was huge for me. My dad loved him to death. Awesome man, but he was a dick. <laughs> Complete dick. So anyway, he asked me if I wanted to go. So I took any connection I could. I mean, this is a guy that never said I love you until way after we moved out and started smoking dope before he could finally say it. So just to give you an idea. Yeah. So here we are, and I show up to the funeral home, and it was like the second I walked through the doors, it was, I mean, hook, line, and sinker, dude. I knew what I wanted to do. But knowing Michigan regulations, everything else, not or coming from a family that didn't have money, and knowing where the only school is in Detroit, there's no way rural area going out to Detroit every day is going to happen. Yeah. Bachelor degree minimum. So it got to the point, now this is where I'm going to draw back to where Rocket was going with the whole story with him and I working together. I, I watched him go to school. So having we were a family, still working landscaping. Having a together. family, having four kids, and still going after a dream that he had. And he did it. He went, we went to work all day, then he would go to school. Work all day, go to school. And it's like, God damn, like, how do you, how do you function? Yeah. But it was his ambition that gave me drive to where, when it came in 2012, we went to Mark, and I looked at my wife at the time, and I said, I just can't do this landscaping stuff no more. I just can't. i got to go after my dream. But knowing what Rocket was able to handle and do gave me inspiration to say, you know what? I can do it. How, how old were you when you when uh, that kind 32 of 32 at that time. I was 30 when I started back. But mind you, going through school, because I even went to school in uh, 2006. I started going to college when I met my first wife, Mandy. And uh, even at that time, like every paper I ever wrote in high school, 
was all funeral related. I just, I had that drive. It, it came to the assassination of Kennedy, Lincoln, and Lincoln being one of the first, the, actually the first president to be embalmed and how he was able to travel the country with his embalmed yeah. body so everybody can grieve and mourn and be able to pay their last respects and then going to Kennedy and so on and so forth. Because mortuary, anything funeral related is a taboo. Yeah. No one wants to talk about it. Everybody shies everybody away from it, even kids more so this day and age. But that's another topic within itself. Um, but it, it, seeing what Rocky was able to accomplish gave me the drive to say, yes, I can do it too. And at the time, I, I moved out to Pinckney. So I did all my prereqs and then from Pinckney all the way to Detroit every day, sacrificing my three kids, my life, church, my wife, you name it, dude. It was all sacrifice. But even during that time, we were coaching football and having a book in my hand and doing oh, all this other stuff. And it's like, we still did it. We still accomplished our goals because I, I think our family was our ultimate drive to say, the landscaping's not going to pay the bills. I'm not going to move up. And the last company we were with was we were right at the top. that. It, it was going to go nowhere. So how do we now achieve a better goal for our children, for our wives, and for our families? And why not live the dream at the same time? Rocket helped show me that, gave me inspiration. Okay, let's go. Now, at the same time, though, I'd be gone. Mike and his wife would still help out. They'd be around my wife and my kids while I was gone all fucking day. So, and vice versa. Like, we would... yeah. And we still would find time. Like, yes. I was about to say Mandy and the kids yeah, a million like, times while I was in school, absolutely. Even though, you know, like, you know how the load is at school. No, and I'll do it with, he had three kids at the time at home, and I had four. And we would still find time to get to adult and hang out and do things. So, <clears throat> kind of another thing we wanted to talk about, and you kind of mentioned it, how it's taboo for kids, like... Having children and being in that business, how do, I haven't had to handle it yet. Like the the only instance I've had so far is my three going to be three year old. We had a Great Dane who we had to put down last summer, and he still goes around the house and he sees pictures of her and he's like, because that was like the dog that was huge. He could oh, rough yeah. house with, right? He had fun with. Um, he doesn't have that anymore, but obviously we haven't had that death talk. So, what do you think is like a good way to I guess approach that? No, and I think people's taboo on this is like, <clears throat> like so, all right, I'll give you my opinion first. Yeah. My opinion is honesty, always honesty. I let them, and I tell them what we talk about, what happened, and they've done it since they were little. How old like, do you think is like the first time you had to break it down like and explain oh, that person is dead, which, which means, you know, they're not, you're not going to see it. Because like my kid still like sees the dog on his iPad and looks for um Obviously, like I said, he hasn't had that, like a grandparent, he hasn't had that, luckily, or anything like no, that. No, so that was like two, 2009 was my first one with okay. my kids. And that at that time, I had three kids. Ooh, Jackson, yeah, he was like two. Um, Lily was the oldest. She would have been five at the time. But that was my grandpa died. Um... They, but that's still there at the younger, yeah. younger age. Like they knew what was going on, and I think what, what they, if they remember anything from that, they will remember more 
I was very upset. Yeah. For that one. Um, like less than a year later, my my great grandma, their great great grandma died. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're always you got to pay you pay respects. That gives you that that uh, closure. Of, yeah, that closure. That last like yeah. you go say whatever you need to say, or you see them one last time, or you you burn it in your memory of what they look like. And I think that's needed in life. Like yeah. you need to learn how to grieve. Absolutely. People don't know how to grieve properly. And I'm one of them. And I, I th- fucking I, tell you right now, I'm a bottler. And I think uh, people, some people grieve differently. Like I'm everyone not, does. Oh, everyone absolutely. does. Like I'm that's, not a. Like, the best I've been part to funerals. Human. I, I've been to funerals and I've I've cried, and I've been to funerals and I haven't. And it's not that I cared about this person more. It's just I think the connection was different, or maybe it's, even my age was different. So it could be that. It could be who sat around you at that funeral. Yeah. Yeah, and and that changes your perception of how you outwardly let things go, emotion, because that is a very big, very big thing. But at the same time, too, though, once once you're a parent, like you do realize, like you're not gonna weep like a little baby in front of your kids. Like you want to show them, like you you let tears run down, but you show them how to let out the emotion. Without causing a scene, control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you let them know that emotion is great to show, but you also don't need to be that loud yelling asshole in the fucking back. Yeah. At least that's my opinion. No, I, I think you hit the head of the nail on the coffin, dude. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> blatant. You have to be blatant. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the key word right there. And so even early into my mortuary career, and I have been very blessed in my life not to take serious losses. However, the world around me, I've been able to help care for and also been around and experience. Uh, the one big thing, though, that even during mortuary school, our first dog that we ever had as a family, I, I had to make that decision. Yeah. Stud had to be put down. That's just all there is to it. But the reason I bring this up is because my own son, he was like, he wanted to see Studley. And I'm not going to shy him from seeing Studley. I brought Studley home from the vet. He's in a box. And as I open the box and give him the collar, God damn, I'm even getting choked up just thinking <laughs> about it. But both Cam and I cried. And I showed my son, it's okay. Yeah. This sucks. There's no way around it. It's going to hurt. We're going to mourn. We're going to remember. Yeah. And we're going to move on. And that was the start of it. So you fast forward and going into what I've seen um, at work. And I want to be very careful with what I say here for a lot of reasons. And one, because every parent raises their own child differently, which they should. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes us all very unique, and God bless us for it. But the one thing I I really want to draw to is when it comes to children and death, more so than anything else, it's to not hide them, not to shy them from it, not to make it seem fearful. The one thing I, I see a lot more times than not is the parent saying, you can't go in there. You can't see grandma. You can't do this. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And what that does to these kids, and mind you, I'm in a very small community. Two small communities where I work. And I, I, with all the years that I've been doing this, 
I've watched people grow up and the families that we serve continue to come to us in turn. Yes. I get to watch those kids and those people grow up and I see the differences. And this is why I, I feel at least I, I can say these things to a point. And it's the parents that shy their kids from death and not being blatant about it, not tell, or just trying to hide the fact, trying to push it aside, like, you know what, forget about it, move on, you do your thing while I grieve because that was my dad. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, right on that topic real quick, my thought on that is I feel like parents do that because it helps them cope. Like they don't like it's almost protecting their kid. Yeah, but it's really, but it's really, but it's really protecting them too. At the same time, yeah, Yeah. because they don't have to show that emotion because they're, yeah, you know what I mean. They get to hide behind it. They use it as a facade, and that's what I think a lot of it is. But I think a lot of it too is the parents and the sheltering of just the reality of the world that we live. It's good. We want to make the world seem perfect. Yeah. We want every wrong that we see right, and this is where we develop the phrase Karen and everything else, yep. because we want to change the world the way that we only view it, the only way we perceive it. But the one thing that will never be denied and that will never change is someone dying. Yeah. And we have to make sure that our kids know that it's going to happen. It's going to be hard. We're all going to die one day. Absolutely. And it's going to suck. Yes. I mean, there's just no way around it. It's going to suck. Not Jerry. Yeah, I'm not going to be here all but the time. But we're going to cry, but you brought up the best point. And hopefully my my uh, time with Cam showed him even at that moment. And there's so much more that I can go to even being a mortician and what I'm alive with yeah, my kids yeah. being involved with their daily lives now. Uh, but exposure helps and it helps open them up to say you know what it's going to suck but it's going to be okay because not only going back to the wrestler at the very beginning of this conversation just that one person that we can show that hey it's going to be all right is going to be that kid that walks up to the other kid and now continues that domino effect oh yeah you know so again from the beginning all the way to the end of this episode today it comes full circle, man. It always does. Yep. Life and death and everything else that we learn and do from it. And uh, I feel as parents, that's what we should be doing. Encourage, you guys said, multiple times. And I always say with every family I meet, encourage is a word that I use quite often. Uh, you want to encourage your kids to do the most difficult things because if they can overcome it, they're actually going to be the winner whether they are or not at the very end. 100%. Yeah. Um, we're coming up at the end of the show. I was, you know, we originally talked like, hey, let's just, let's take a break and we'll pretend that we're going to record, you know, next episode, blah, blah, blah. But, and we talked about being transparent too. So let's be honest. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to bring the Grim Reaper, Mike the Mortician, Mortician Mike, whatever you want to call him. He's coming back. Um, we'll get into it. We'll have a little bit more fun because we're a few beers deep. Um, yeah, we're going to get into some good stories. Um, we're going to get some I almost, real good stories. Yeah, so um, we're going to take a break. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, though. We're going to tease you. I'm not going to release that next episode for two more weeks. Oh, 
Oh, that's so, so dirty. So you, that's that, that's that radio yeah. in me. That's that tease. Like, hey, you got to come back. Um, so hopefully you guys are enjoying the new cast of characters we got over here, Rocket and the Grim Reaper. Um, but hey, thanks for listening for this episode, and thanks hopefully you guys having another guest in. Um, so that's it. Have a good one. We'll see you in a few minutes.